leading us to the throne. Go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. We're going to be in just one verse this morning, but so much in that verse, and that's just God's Word. I mean, there's just so much in it if we just take a moment to open it up and read it. Amen? Amen. And so... uh, that's what we're going to be at this morning. I want to say a $100 bill and a $20 bill and a $1 bill. Uh, they, they met up with each other at the shredder at the end of their natural lives. And the $100 bill said, well, I've had a good life. I've seen the whole world. I've been on cruises in the Caribbean. I've been on safaris in Africa. And I've been in vacations and on vacations in Europe. And, and the $20 bill said, well, you know, I've not done quite as well. But, but I've been to places like Disneyland and Super Bowls and concerts. And they both, t- they both turned to the $1 bill and asked, how, how about you? He, he said, oh, I've seen the whole nation from coast to coach, I, coast. I've been from church to church to church. And the $100 bill asked, what's a church? <laughs> Y'all know where I'm headed with this, right? When I got the note from Pastor Rick on what we're going to preach through the mission statement of gather, grow, give, and go, I looked down and I was on give, and I said, that's all right. I'm okay with talking about giving because the Lord Jesus Christ gave us the best model that we could give by giving his whole life at Calvary. And so uh, this morning, I just want to speak to you this morning, and I want God to speak to us. You know, I I know that some folks, and I've heard it said many, many times, many, many years now, you know, I've heard people say, I just, I just hate to go to church and hear a preacher talk about money. But can I ask you, what do you think about it when God talks about it? Do you just skip over that in your Bible? Do you just take that page and tear it out because you don't really like? Did you know that the Word of God mentions our money and possessions over 3,000 times? So it's important that we understand as Christians and believers what giving is about. So this morning, as a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching pastor, I just want to simply let God speak to your hearts this morning. You'll never have to answer to me or anybody else in here how you give. But I believe with all my heart you'll stand before Almighty God one day and have to give an account to Him for how you gave. And so as we look at this passage, I'm going to ask you if you'll stand to your feet as we honor the reading of God's Word this morning. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Here God's Word reads this way. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart. Each person should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion For God loves a cheerful giver. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, speak to the hearts of your people, Lord. For Lord, we thank you that you gave us the model of giving by giving it all at Calvary. For we pray it in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, Warren Wiersbe said, giving's not something we do, it's something we are as believers. Given's away a life for the Christian who understands the grace of God. So the simple takeaway this morning, as entitled this message, The Heart of Giving. Y'all like that $50 bill in the shape of a heart? The simple takeaway this morning is this. I'm going to fall over this thing if I don't be careful. The Lord blesses obedient giving. Can I just say the Lord blesses obedient giving. God judges what we give by what we keep. George Mueller said that. 
Vance Havner said we need more people who are more interested in what they can contribute than what they can collect. See, God empowers us to be generous. He gives us grace in order that we would be generous, and giving and generosity is a gift from Him. Did, did you know in a little bit of research that I did this week, and by the way, we, we're going to be here a little bit. Jeff, Jeff emailed me and gave me permission. He emailed me wanting to know how long I was going to preach. I told him two hours. He just sent back a smiley face. <laughs> we ain't going to be here two hours, just an hour. No. Um, in a little research, the, 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 did you know the speaking of the, uh, the, the American Evangelical Church, did you know, and speaking of that, the, the, the smaller percentage, the, the more you make, the more the Christian makes in America, the less he gives. The poorest 20% of the church gives twice as much in percentage as the richest. Did y'all know that? The richest 20% of the church gives on average 1.6% of their income. And the poorest 20% give twice as much in percentage. Not twice as much money, but twice as much in percentage. At about 3.4%. And that's the folks who claim that Jesus Christ has done a work in their heart. I think Jesus had something to say about this in Luke 16, when he, in verse 10, when he said, Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with very much. See, if you start out giving when you have a little, you'll never have to worry about getting started when you have much. Johnny Hunt said, flesh is greedy and faith is generous. Let me give you a question this morning. What do you have this morning? How did you get it? Anybody here this morning believe that everything you have comes from God? That's what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 29, 11, says, Yours, Lord, is the greatest and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything. That verb provides is in the present tense, means God keeps on providing. He gives and He gives and He, and he continually gives, reminding us that God gives us everything we have. Even in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, He says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And then James, over in James 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. God gives us everything we have. And so the God who loves you, who's given you everything you have, given you your job, given you your home, given you your opportunities, given you your mind, given you your abilities and your talents, has given you all the money, everything that you'll ever need here on earth, He's given to you for one purpose, and that is to use for His kingdom, not yours. And so this morning, I want His Word to speak to our hearts this morning in this one verse, 
Each man should give what he has decided to in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The first thing the Bible speaks of here is our giving is personal. Did you know your giving is personal? I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I actually am, ain't I? <laughs> Y'all lighten up. It's all right. It's going to be all right. Y'all going to be hot in here and convicted when you leave, but it's all right. It's what God wants to do to some of us. He wants to get us right so he can do something with us. Each of you should give. Uh, that's personal. Tells us each and every Christian should give, not just the young Christians or not just the old Christians, not just the immature Christians or not just the mature Christians. Every Christian should give. Just doesn't say one particular, it says each of you. It's a personal choice. Should give. That's a call for obedience in the Bible. It's not a suggestion. It says each should give. It's a call to obedience. Have you ever really thought about how giving, how you're giving can be really personal in your life? I mean, have you ever really thought of giving as being personal? I mean, all the ways it can affect your life. You know, the matter of fact, when you start to study statistics, just in divorce alone, did you know most marital problems start financially? Did you not know that? Most of the time when some couples begin to, 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 to have tension and friction, it starts with financial problems. It can affect you personally when you give. Or the lack of. Giving your money your, your whole life. Did, did you know it can affect you personally by giving your time? Your talent, your, your resources. It can affect you personally. You know, I, I thought about this week of an example of just the blessing that comes. And we're going to talk about how God blesses get per, personal and, and, and obedient giving this morning. But I was thinking about Tammy. You know, when I, we weren't friendly, this couple there, we didn't even know them, didn't know them from Adam. And they had twins. They had one, one child was less than a year, right, Tam? Or right at a year. Vera was about a year old. So you're talking about a, 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 a family. This mother's got Two kids, three kids actually, two twins and a kid, all under the age of two. Am I right? I'm got there. All right. All under the age of two. Can y'all imagine? And by the way, when her pregnancy come on, didn't know him from Adam. I just called him. I was in Memphis, found out they had babies, called him and said, I wish I could be there to pray with you there at the bedside, but I can't. I pray with you on the phone and just thank the Lord for giving you these two precious gifts. I prayed with them. And when we come back, we found out that this, 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 this lady, her pregnancy had brought on rheumatoid arthritis. So she couldn't even rock her baby. She couldn't even get out of bed to be able to hold her babies. And so Tammy found out about it. And Tammy, y'all know she loves babies and she loves to rock them. Anytime y'all want to let her rock because it helps me out. And so, <laughs> and so Tam, we, we, they actually dedicated her, their, both these, these kids, uh, Van and, and, and Valen. And Tammy just said, if you ever need anything, Please call me. I'd love to be able to just babysit. I love kids. Now, she don't know Tammy from nobody. And y'all know we, we care about our kids. We just don't want anybody in our house. Well, she took Tammy up on it. This is how God works. She took Tammy up on it. Fast forward. Tammy was just over there Friday babysitting, right? She actually is working at We School right now. It's been a blessing to us to get to know their family 
all because Tammy just said, I want to give some time to this mama because I can only imagine how she feels that she can't even rock her newborn babies. Can I tell you, your giving's personal and can give you personal blessings that you'd never be able to experience if you just didn't give. Your giving's personal. My giving's personal. And it ain't all about money, but it is concerning a lot about money. Not all, but it certainly is a lot. How's your giving this morning personally? You giving any time to folks that you know need a hand? Our giving's personal. But there's another thing the Bible says here in this one verse. Not only is our giving personal, our giving is decided in our hearts. Look with me here in the middle part of that verse. It says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart. I like the New Key James Version. It says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. There's a purpose that you have in your heart. You're going to make the choice, the decision to give or not to give. And it's all decided in the heart. Decided speaks of an examination of the motives from the inside. And how does it begin? It begins with my love for God and His glory, but it it extends to others when you give. Speaks of uh, consecration. When you talk about the text here and you, you look, it literally means as each has purposed, Chosen deliberately in the heart. Now that's what it means to deliberately choose to give. The concept here carries the idea of a predetermination. It's a very unusual verb, never used anywhere else in the scripture except for here. It means to predetermine, to make a predetermination that I'm going to give rather than not to give. It says it starts in your heart. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, in other words, what your money goes after is a real good signal what your heart goes after. And can I tell you, Jesus cares what your heart goes after. There's folks right now that can't give. It ain't because they don't have the money to give. It's because they spent all their money on stuff other than what God wanted them to spend their money on. See, it talks here about it's decided in your heart. Who is ruling in your heart? Who is giving you the peace in your heart to give to the Lord? You know, the Bible speaks of the peace of Christ in Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. We got some sports fans here, right? Any of you got like sports in here? There's an umpire. When y'all go down there to Greensboro Grasshopper game and you get a hot dog and a Coke, and you're sitting on the, the sideline, and, and, and you see that a pitch goes across the plate, and it looks really good from where you're sitting, and the umpire says, ball one. You don't get a chance to decide whether that umpire is going to change his call and say, oh, I meant to say strike one. You, he, he's, he's ruling. He's umpiring that game. Same thing with the Lord when it comes to your heart. He is wanting to rule, and he's going to rule in your heart if you'll let him. He needs to be the one deciding what you give. He needs to be the one umpiring and ruling what you give. Can I ask you this morning, are you allowing him to be the umpire 
of your heart when it comes to giving? Are you predetermining for yourself what you're going to give? Did you know there's a spiritual battle, there's a spiritual fight happening right now for the affections of your heart? Did did y'all know that? That there's there's a battle going on for the affection of your heart, of, of what you truly care about in this world. There's a battle going on. Every advertisement on TV is battling for the affection of your heart, which will translate to your wallet. How much affection is going on in your heart? By the way, the heart is the seat of your affections. It's what you're going to worship out of. And there's a battle going on there. How many things are fighting for our affection to worship the Lord in the aspect of our giving? How many things are are fighting against the affections and fighting for our affections when it comes to giving our time? You don't believe me? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it? Just just look at time for a second. Isn't it amazing how many things are going on on the Lord's Day during worship time in the gathering of His people? How many things are going on in this world that is fighting for the affection of your time? When I was growing up, and I knew I, I know I grew up in a town about as big as this, this sanctuary, a one-stop-like town. But did you not tell you, when I was growing up, they wasn't nothing open after 5 o'clock on Wednesday night and wasn't nothing open before 1 o'clock on Sundays. It didn't matter what was going on. You, it didn't happen. People say, well, well I, I wouldn't be able to get to the banker. I couldn't bank. T-. Look, you knew it's going to be closed. You better get there before 5 on Friday. <laughs> There's things fighting, battling for the affection of your hearts when it comes to your money, your time, your talents. And the Bible says it's all going to be decided in your heart. I wrote this statement down this week that I was praying through this. Nothing tests the heart of a man more than his money. It's real hard to give your money to the Lord when you haven't given him your heart and your life and hadn't surrendered to him. Agent Rogers said two things you got to be real careful with, morals and money. You say, preacher, you're getting a little too close to the corn this morning. Hang tight because I'm going to shuck it and give it to you. <laughs> money. Money. Did you know when you keep your tithe in your pocket, it makes you a thief? According to God's word. Bible shows this in Malachi. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He said, in your tithes and offerings. I know this, this new concept today. These folks want to get away from the Old Testament and want to be a New Testament church. You read the New Testament, you study it, the tithe would be more. Your giving would be more than that 10%. So you're probably all right with that 10% now, ain't you? Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says, On the first day of every week, each one should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. You know what that passage there brings out? Four points. We should give individually, regularly, methodically, and proportionally. God wants a proportion of your money. Matter of fact, he, he wants it all. 
wants your heart, all of it, then he's going to give you back 90%. And I know mathematically 90% in our logical minds won't go as far as 100%. But can I tell you, God's mathematics are better than yours. I can't explain it, but I can tell you, 90% goes further than 100% when it comes to God's money. Money. How you doing giving your money to the Lord? Time and service. How y'all doing giving your time to the Lord? Some of you in here done figured out a new spiritual gift called idleness. <laughs> that, I'm being facetious. That's not a spiritual gift. <laughs> idleness is not a spiritual gift. Let, let me say that again. Idleness is not a spiritual gift. I think it's one of the most dangerous things going on in the church today, idleness. I hear people say, I've done my time. So you're going to equate going to prison to serving the Lord. I've done my time. <laughs> y'all know. Y'all laughing because y'all know. Y'all heard them say it too. Hopefully y'all ain't one saying it. I've done my time. Can I tell you, you won't be finished serving the Lord till he calls you home if you'll just surrender and allow him to use the experiences that he's given you in your life to pour in and invest into others' lives. You won't want to finish until you get called home to the Lord. Y'all ever notice the folks that don't do anything is the one that complain the loudest? I'm with Rock Collins on this. I think the next time I get a church, because listen, I, I pastored a church one time, and there's a couple of folks in there never, never said a word to me, didn't say much to me at all unless they, they, they thought I did something wrong or said something wrong. But I think I'm with him on this. He, he, he was telling one time about how he does this. Y'all tell me if y'all think this is all right. I think I'm going to talk to Rick about this too. He, he might want to do this. He said, so, so when somebody called him wanting to complain, he, he'd get to his financial secretary because he didn't know who give and who didn't give. But he'd say, can you put so-and-so's giving record in the envelope and seal it up for me? So when that person come into his office, he'd get the envelope and he'd say, now listen, before you get started, this is your giving record that we're going to open. And if you're up to date on your money giving, then I'm going to listen to you. But if you ain't, I ain't, you ain't chewing me out on credit. <laughs> That's good, ain't it? Tell Rick that. That's good. I'm with Rock on that one. Have you given you time lately? There's a lot of needs in this church. And we have to beg people. Beg them to serve the Lord. I'm going to give you an easy one. But yet it's probably a hard one. Something free we can do. Y'all give the gospel away to anybody lately? Have you give the gospel away to anybody lately? That don't cost you nothing. Bible says don't give reluctantly, grudgingly. You give, but you hate to do it. Don't give. You ain't going to be blessed by it. Bible says here, don't give this way. It says, don't give under compulsion, out of necessity, because you feel like you got to, or you're forced to. Look, I ain't here to force you to give anything this morning, except for give a, giving some examination of how your heart is toward the Lord. You get your heart right, everything else falls into place, I found out. 
It says don't give under compulsion. The point is that the Bible doesn't tell us simply to give casually or carelessly or on occasion, but thoughtfully and regularly. See, we pray through situations and ask the Lord to help us decide what we are to give. And then we do it faithfully and consistently. It says each one should give what he has decided in his heart. i got to move. I want to ask you a serious question. We've laughed some and you've probably thought some and pondered some. But when it comes to deciding in your heart, let me ask you a serious question. If you truly believe that the Lord Jesus Christ gave you life, he gave you eternal life and all that you have, and that he owns the devotion and love of your heart, What percentage of your money, your time, and your talents do you think is enough? I can tell you this, it'd be hard to argue with 10% or more, wouldn't it? If you really, truly believe that. Our giving is decided in our hearts. The last thing, and I'm done here. Not only is our giving personal, not only is it decided in our hearts, but our giving is blessed by the Lord. That's the good news. He blesses obedient giving. Look with me there. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, God looks at our hearts, knows where we are and what kind of attitude we have in our generosity. You know, when you look at that cheerful word, we, it's a Greek word, hilaros, which we get our, our English word, hilarious. Now, I know you're saying, well, God loves an hilarious giver. Sometimes I think it's hilarious how much folks try to give. I mean, it's hard to say, God, because what you've done in my life, I believe I'm going to give you a couple dollars this week. But God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a giver who loves to give. This is speaking of spontaneous joy in giving. Happiness, joyous, privileged occasion to give to the Lord as a special object of God's love. He says, I love the cheerful giver. How many of you here love to give? You say, Lord, I love to give my time for your service. I wouldn't want to give it to any other thing. You say, you'd be able to say, Lord, I give my talents for your glory. I know you've given me my talents and you desire those to be used to bring you glory. And I just love giving those to you. Lord, I love to give my resources and my money and my treasure because I know that everything I have, you've given me. Could that be said of you this morning? Luke 6, 38 says, given it will be given to you. This is the blessing of God when it comes to to, to your giving. It says a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know, Stephen Rummage said one time, God counts our gifts based on the love we have for him and the intention in which we give. See, the Bible declares that God is pleased with a generous heart. You know, y'all, anybody in here eat, has ever eaten Kraft cheese? J.L. Kraft, he was the head of the Kraft Cheese Corporation when it first began, and he started it. 
He, he had given approximately 25% of this enormous income, you can just imagine owning craft. For many years, he gave 25% or more. And he said, the only investment I ever made which paid consistently increasing dividends is the money I have given to the Lord. Can I just tell you, tithing is not God's way of raising money. It's his way of raising children. See, it's through the giving that the child of God, us, the believer, becomes the recipient of the blessings which the Father desires to give. See, the Bible says here that it is God who supplies the seeds and God who supplies the foods. He blesses obedient giving. And there's a host of verses that you can just look to. When you look at Philippians 2, 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and do for his good pleasure. It's all for his good pleasure. Deuteronomy 15, 10 says, give generous to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Even if you go down to the next verse after the one that we're, we're looking at this morning in 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 10, it says, God's able. Can I tell you, God is able to make all grace abound to you that, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may have an abundance for every good work. His work will not go undone, and he'll bless our giving when we give to the nations to spread the gospel and to build God's kingdom up. He'll bless it. God in His grace replenishes what we give so that we lack nothing. Did you know giving touches time and eternity? Touches people now, and it'll matter in eternity. The reason this church gives to all the cooperative programs within the Southern Baptist Convention and all these other programs like the Greenfield Pregnancy Center It's to demonstrate our surrender and love for God and to share with them that love. So given to the nations, given to the poor, given our lives, given our money, given our service, given the gospel, this given is rewarded forever. You know, Henry Coyle, founder of Quaker Oats, He was a significant contributor to Moody Bible Institute there in Chicago. As a young man, he received Christ, and when he began his career, he promised God he'd honor him in giving. God's blessing was upon him, and as his business grew, he, he, he continued to increase his giving, and after 40 years of giving, 60% of his income to God. He testified, I've never gotten ahead of God. He has always been ahead of me in giving. Can I tell you this morning, there's some of you here this morning. The first giving you need to do is to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask you to stand now and we're going to give you a chance to respond to God's word. But that's the one thing that you need to start with this morning in giving. You've never trusted him. As your Savior. And this morning you need to give. There's others of you here.
this morning? You're a believer. You've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. You're saved, but you are, you are not being obedient in giving. You're robbing God in your tithe, or you're robbing Him of your time and not serving Him in the manner that He has equipped and given you the talents that you have in order to serve Him, and you are failing Him in that way. And you just need to get right with Him this morning and begin to give whatever it is you're holding back from Him. There's some of you here is what you need to give is your membership because God's called you to this church. And you know that He can use you here for your benefit and for His glory. And I'm not real sure why you're not walking down the aisle and joining. He's dealing with many of you here this morning. You know how I know? Because he beat me pretty good this week. And I just don't believe that I'm the only one here that's failing in giving. So I'm going to give you an opportunity, as Jeff sings, to respond to God's word this morning.